0: Oh, recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the one around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMR Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number three hundred and eighty-seven. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today I have my alternate co-host Corey Romero. Corey, you're back within one week. You're just I back on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Eric. Yeah, fantastic. Good to be back. Fant- Fantastic. You know I have fantastic. to say
1: it every time I've got to throw in the fantastic.
0: You've got to throw in a fantastic. All right. Well, well good. good. Uh, glad you're doing fantastic. John White, who is going to be our new co-host, is out at a customer site today, so he's not going to be with us. Uh, on the show today, we have a good show lined up for you. Uh, we have Karthik Nar- Narayan. Um, he is the senior Product manager of the VMware Integrated Containers product, project, product. And we have him on the show to talk about uh, what's happening with Vic 1.1. Vic 1.1 is out as well. We're going to talk a little bit about DockerCon and what we saw at DockerCon. DockerCon was last week, so Karthik can tell us a little bit about DockerCon. But before we get to Karthik, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the news and what's been happening in the social ecosystem this week. So, Corey, I know you got some news updates. What's happening in your end of the world with regards to news? Yeah,
1: Eric, I have a couple of updates. Um, so the HOL team, uh, VMware Hands-On Labs
0: team, has given away a drone.
1: Uh, we mentioned this last week, but I wanted to mention it again. It's called Take a Lab, Win a Drone. Pretty cool. Find out more. for Go to VMware.com promotions 217-HOL-drone.html or just Google HOL vmr drone giveaway uh, why, would VMR I wanna, own...
0: why would i why would i why would i want to win a drone have you flown one of these no i haven't i haven't See? i go out in my in my neighborhood to win it to, to fly a drone that i bought for christmas and it won't fly yeah, it yeah says, uh, sorry you're uh, too close to an airport
1: yeah 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 you're, yeah you're too yeah you are too close to the airport you need to go to the park <laughs> but this What's drone, the point this of this taking thing?
0: a hands-on lab and winning a drone What's special about this drone? Is it one of those little tiny ones that I got for Christmas? Yeah, I uh, put a double A battery in it and fly no, no, around? No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. This is like a $1,500 drone. Films in 4K. This thing's a little compact. It's DJI's latest drone. This thing is super cool.
0: You know that it's illegal to shoot those out of the sky now? You can't actually take a shotgun <laughs> and shoot it out. It's a fe- only- You're going to get a, a federal <laughs> fence. You know, you have to go to so, jail for a year. So is it's this only you can actually
1: deliver costs? packages. Is it that big? Um, you can. I mean, you can deliver. You can deliver like like a beer, probably. I know with mine, I can deliver three beers, but mine's a little bigger than this one. Uh, but yeah. There you but go. Yeah, That's what, what you use for yeah, it. Is to, you
2: don't have to get.
1: You don't have to yeah, get you enough. can you Just put a crane
2: it, on sure. it,
0: collect, collect your drink, <laughs> and deliver it. Depends Corey, on are you not, your not. Edward. You're not pimping your drone very well. I gotta say, one beer. <laughs> You, you know, like, does it shoot hey, well, video? Whoa, whoa, whoa. If we're a talking high depth about my drone,
1: my drone, my drone can carry four beers while shooting video and fly at 30 miles an hour. That's my drone.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to say. what it does. It's a $1,700 <laughs> drone that's only a single beer delivery drone. <laughs> <All> <laughs> Anyways,
1: right. it's a very, very cool drone. Go check it out. Um, next next item is VM. Go oh, 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 quick. Wait, 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 wait! Real quick,
0: might I add? I don't, I don't want to lose a few of you on this one, but it is for U.S. only. So keep that in mind. If you're outside of the United States, still take a lab, take them as much as you want, but uh, you can only win the drone if you're in the U.S. Well, well, more Excellent importantly, you just, to, you just have to have a U.S. shipping address, right? Sure, so I don't, sure. Yeah, we, you we have any kind of hey, uh, embedded go. IoT sensor device that tells you, you know, where you're taking a lab from? But maybe, yeah. maybe they got IP tracking. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of feedback on that, by the way. Why is the drone only available in the U.S., right? And I I said, because this drone only speaks English and and can only deliver (laughs) Budweiser, apparently. So, okay.
2: And I couldn't use it. I only drink Austin ales. You know, if there's brewed in Austin, I'll drink (laughs) Budweiser's brewed here. I got it. Now,
0: if I win the drone, I'll I'll donate to somebody else.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: All right, good, good on them. And by the way, I want a video of them when they win the drone that photographs, like t- you post a YouTube video showing how you randomly pick someone because I'm kind of tired of XYZ friend of my friend friend's right. winning said droney drone that only delivers one beer. So I want to see that video as well when they do this, okay? Could you take it back to that guys, those guys and make sure that happens? And they need to shoot it <laughs> from the drone, the yeah. drone, right? I want the drone <laughs> over the guy's shoulder recording where they pick a random number generator and yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> moving on. What else is in the news? Yeah. Moving on. So blogger
1: passes, uh, blogger pass uh, applications are currently open. So if you're a blogger and uh, you want to go to VMworld, you can go to um, blogs.vmware.com slash VMTN and find the applications for the blogger passes. Um, We have 50 passes for U.S. and 40 passes for Europe this year.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, I know that we're going to, this year, also try to do some things different in the VMTN booth. So maybe we'll have a few extra passes for people that want to come in and engage with us in the VMTN booth as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And next week, uh, so last last thing, next week a couple of us in the social team will
1: be at a conference called Jive World. Uh, for our Jive community platform, if anyone's in Vegas uh, for another conference or you're in town, reach out to us, tweet us. Maybe we can uh,
0: do a little tweet up and, and grab dinner. What week is that? That's next week. Next week. Yeah, it starts on May May 1st, goes through May 4th in Vegas, right.
1: Jive. Right.
0: We will be That's there.
1: Yeah, we will. That's all I have, Eric.
0: Okay. Uh, I have a little bit of uh, news. Uh, Katie Bradley, you're on the call. VMTN Community Warrior, who is it uh, this week, month? Uh, Want to do a shout-out to the Community Warrior winner this month?
3: Yes. Our
2: Community Warrior this past week was Scott Vesey. He is an expert in the certification communities. If you've ever asked a question about getting your VCP, to your vcdx on the serve case communities you probably know scott he is awesome and uh it was a very well-deserved badge
0: okay hey, great i noticed a little feedback i you know this is the second week we've done this i wonder why we're getting a little bit of the callback corey uh do you have your katie do you have your volume turned down on your laptop
3: uh, yes, yeah, so no volume on my laptop. I'm speaking through a headset right now.
0: I just okay, turned volume good.
3: down
2: on
0: my phone. Right. Okay, so you had volume looping back on your phone into maybe your microphone because I noticed it's now gone. So okay. Let's, we'll, yeah, so we're trying to learn what happened last week with regard to that. So just to take a moment so that I can debug why we were hearing that. And I heard it with you for just a second. So I'm like, hey, great, let me take a moment and figure out why that's happening. So now I know that people that are on a phone talking should probably have their volume low enough that the, the speaker on your phone isn't looping back into the mic of your, of your phone, something like that. Okay, great. Thank you very much for that. Got it. Uh, okay, so Scott Bessie, great job. Katie, we're going to have to work on, you know, how many of these warrior things are we giving out? I think we're going to run out of community members uh, sometime oh, in 2019 never. if we keep doing that. <laughs> but it's it's great. No, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the new VMTN activities we're going to be doing at VMworld this year as well. I know we're working on that. Maybe we'll have you on the call in a couple of weeks, and we can talk through some of the stuff we're going to be doing there. Very excited yeah, about absolutely. that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, Perfect. Last thing before we get to uh, the main event, Senior Manager for VMware Integrated Containers. But before I get there, just a few things that are trending in social this week. Um, We're looking, uh, as part of the VExpert program, we're looking for articles around things that trend. I know Corey's going to be reaching out to some of the VExperts. Things that trended this week was Azure versus AWS, and VMware's been looped into this war. So uh, apparently Microsoft and Google – uh, sorry, Microsoft and Amazon and Google are in a kind of a three way war with regards to um, getting cloud and being in the cloud environment. And because VMware has solutions and has deals with Google. We've got deals with Azure and we've got deals with AWS. We've been kind of looped in as you know in that war as kind of the neutral player for all the three people and the functionalities that are in that war. So that's kind of interesting. If you've got articles around that, let Corey know. We're interested in doing some promotion. We maybe even will do some Google paid search on those articles. So if you're the expert listening and you are doing a timely article on some of the stuff that's trending, Corey will send out a trending report to everybody in the program. And if we can pick up your article. We'll actually put it on Google search and drive traffic to your article. So we have some budget to do that kind of stuff. So that's happening. Another thing that was trending is Internet of Things, VMware, and Dell announced uh, being part of uh, the Linux Foundation's uh, EdgeX Foundry. Um, so we we donated technology to that group. Uh, Internet of Things is starting to turn on. It's pretty hot. There's been some shows around it. So, and VMware has uh, some some products in, there, in this area that we'll be announcing. So that's also starting to trend. And then finally, the, the, the third thing trending, Corey, was security. So we have yes. a podcast number 379 on security with uh, Tom Korn. But if you're doing articles on security, reach out to Corey as well. Corey, I think this is going to be an interesting program as we move it forward, especially when you, we consider paid search and driving traffic to some of our bloggers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I reached out to the experts this morning, so uh, anyone on the call, um, you should have the email in your, uh, in your in- inbox. And uh, security, Edward, security, Edward. When I typed yeah, security, Edward. I thought of Edward. <laughs> Edward, Edward, <I'm> the lightweight. <laughs> I think Edward and security just go together. It's great.
2: <laughs> and I have like Never, yeah, 101 that's just, that's blogs everyone. on security or articles on security. <laughs> you can
0: point them to that. All of it's time. <laughs>
3: Exactly.
2: So, yeah. So that's the fun part of yeah. this
0: program is we only have about a two-week window. We wait trend, we collect we collect articles, When we put it out on Google, but we want to be while it's still trending. Now, security might be one of these things that trends week over week, so it might be easier to do for some. Other things are going to trend pretty quick, so we're going to have to get some of these topics and get them up and get them out on Google early enough. So working on that, I, I interviewed uh, Forrester Research um couple weeks ago around this whole process of you know doing using social looking for trends and then using advocacy programs to pull the content in and then push that out into search so pretty cool concept we're trying to do in 2017 just to add value to rv experts and drive traffic to some of those people that are making good content so there you go all right onward and upward anything else in the news before we move on i think that's going once going twice Gone. All right. So moving on, we are here with senior manager. Let's see. I got. I got to get. Got to get all this straight. I'm going to edit this section out. We're moving on with uh, senior manager Karthik Narian. Narian. How do you, Karthik? How do you say your last name? And welcome you, to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Uh, you got it right. Karthik Narian. Darian, perfect, perfect. Um, so we always start with this. I looked, I don't think you've been on the show before. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit about who you are, how long you've been at VMware, uh, what, what have you worked on, and what are you working on now? Absolutely. First
3: off, thanks for having me. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot about you guys. I haven't had the opportunity to be on your podcast just yet, but hey, there's always a first time, right? This is true. Awesome. I have been at VMware for nine years now. Uh, Some say I've been here long enough to run for the mayor of VMware. Uh, I don't know about that, but um, I started out working as an engineer. I worked on Site Recovery Manager 1.0, mostly the availability storage space. I worked on VDDK, VADP for people who remember those acronyms. About three, three and a half years ago, I switched over to product management. I owned uh, sections of vSphere for some time. Um, I owned the first vCloud suite that was driven by engineering, um, and I switched over to cloud-native applications about a year, a year and a half ago. And I currently run uh, product management for vSphere Integrated Containers.
0: Nice, nice. It's it's great to hear one of the old the old people, old school people here. Uh, you might have been here when we went. Public from EMC. Were you part of that when Diane Green took us public? If you've been here nine years, probably pretty th- close, right?
3: Yeah, it was pretty close. I started right after. I started January of 2008. I
0: believe you guys went public
3: October, November of of uh, 2007, uh, maybe a little right. earlier than that. So I I missed that
0: vote, but. You know, I work this is for, why you're still here because if you had been part of that IPO, you would have already, you know, bought your yacht and been cruising around <laughs> the Cayman Islands. Now you, just, we don't run exactly. anybody that's that was here part of that. Actually, myself and Corey were here, but you know, we were so small we didn't get enough stock options to make a difference. I, so that's
1: cool. I to, was you know. I, I was literally hired four days after we went public. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you guys need to go have a chat with with Pat and see if we can get you more stock. And while <laughs> no, you have that have.
3: conversation, put my name in there as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So well, it's great that you've been here that long. It's it's fantastic to get people that have moved up through that. And you started from engineering, so that's good. And now you're on, uh, you know, uh, Vic, which is which is also red hot right now. Uh, the cloud native stuff is is pr- pretty hot, but Vic is. Super hot, I would assume. Before we get into Vic, I guess VMware was at uh, DockerCon last week. Did uh, and I don't know if if you were there or not, um, and if you or have you heard anything about what we talked about at at DockerCon and what was the buzz there? You, you guys hear anything back from that? I know VMware had a pretty big presence there.
3: Absolutely, I was at DockerCon. Um, I spent a lot of time at the booth talking to customers. Uh, we had a couple of sessions that I attended as well. Um, and I can give you a very quick overview of what we
0: discussed. Sure. That would be great. I, I'm, I'm interested to, if you were there, you were in the booth talking to people, what's the vibe? How are they taking us? Uh, are they starting to understand our strategy there? Uh, what, what was your feel?
3: Absolutely. So uh, this is my second year at Dr. Con. I was there at Seattle last year and there was a marked difference in the number of customers that showed up to the VMware booth that had conversations with us. Um, I think that speaks to, one, our messaging, and two, also the fact that we have made a couple of products generally available. vSphere integrated containers is one. Photon platform is another. Um, and you know, VMware customers are everywhere. A lot of these guys, I believe the statistic is around 80% of Docker containers run on top of vSphere. So a number of these guys were aware of our technology. They were using uh, virtual machines running on top of these to run their containers. And they were very interested in trying to understand what we had to offer.
0: That's that's excellent. I think that in the years past, it has been much less uh, presence for us with regard to like everybody there, but nobody knowing what VMware's role was going to be or how we're going to play in that. And yeah, they all all have vSphere environments. But now with Vic, I think, yeah, it it gives us, and Photon, it gives us legitimacy in, hey, we have solutions here. And in fact, our solutions actually are really compatible with the container environment, offer you a lot more, and gets you to containers faster. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's about leveraging the investments you've already made. Um,
3: And, you know, vSphere integrated containers and Photon Platform are two products that we have. That said, there are a number of other open source components that we've also been talking about. Uh, You know, to quickly touch upon it, we have a vSphere Docker volume service, uh, which customers are very interested in. We have this product called Harbor, which is uh, an image registry where you can store your container images and download them and use them. It's an open source project. In fact, it's one of the most popular open source projects uh, from VMware. Uh, so a number of customers came, and it wasn't just those two products that I mentioned—you uh, know, vSphere Integrated Containers and Photon Platform—but they also wanted to talk about the other open source components that we had.
0: Nice. Yeah, I could see that. So um, somebody in the chat said that uh, that we think that you know maybe it felt like a VMware 2009. Uh, which I think was like 4,000 people. Do we know how many people actually were at DockerCon this year? Did I they publish the numbers
3: on that? Five thousand people uh, was yeah. Was but that's what I the You literally
2: could at DockerCon this year. You could have literally substituted virtual machine for wherever they stated the word container in all their talks and all the keynotes, and it would have been identical. That's what I meant by that. Oh, nice wise. Yeah. It was the same vibe of excitement and, and something new, but it really felt like we were just not moving forward. Containers are a great step forward. VMware has a play there. Everybody has a play there, but it seems like yeah. that's not what Docker's plan is. Yeah, that's what a I little bit about of that.
0: Yeah, all right, a little bit of that. Okay, neat. Uh, anything else from DockerCon that you thought was interesting, or anybody else know anything interesting out of DockerCon before we move on? Um, so, size, yeah. we that. Anything else? There
3: was another thing that we did at DockerCon. Uh, we had a demo of uh, a self service provision capability of Docker Data Center. Um, and it's essentially this you know, we see a number of developers wanting to go all of Docker Data Center. To get some of this done, but at the end of the day, the admins have to go create virtual machines. Uh, and then, these virtual who then go ahead
1: It was, we have some. And. here, the guy who
3: He and one of our other staff engineers, Yvonne. Together, and they demoed alpha level code, of course, on how a developer could leverage things. some portion of these containers, and XNet plugging that we're working on. All those things put together have the ability to service
0: and have environment. And it was a really cool demo, and it was well-received. Very nice, very nice. Where did you guys demo that? Did you demo that in the booth, or was it in a session? Where did people get exposed to that, and is there an alternative place that they can go get exposed to that? Are you going to put that online somewhere, or was it just at the show?
3: This was at a session. We had, uh, I believe, a 20-minute session, and that's where we demoed this, and the room was packed. Um, As far as the recording goes, I believe – Docker has started to upload the recordings from uh, DockerCon, and it should be up pretty
0: soon. Once it's up, I'll shoot you guys a message. All right, and uh, we would we would call this Docker Data Center VMware's demo on Docker Data Center. Is that what's the title for that? As we as we move forward, so that if we want to promote that, we can. Sure, it's
3: Docker Data Center on vSphere.
0: Great, great Docker Data Center on vSphere. Nice. We'll watch for that session or watch for that recording. Uh, sounds like it was popular. Nice. Uh, I like the fact that we're there now and that we actually have some offerings and we're contributing. Uh, where, did uh, Dirk and these guys do anything around open source? I know you mentioned we were, we were there around open source. Uh, I don't know if Dirk uh, Hollander was there or not, but um, any, any comments on what our open source strategy is there? Because I, you know, I know when you, when you start talking about the Docker people, a lot of them are Linux, a lot of them are open source. Just wonder if we had an open source footprint there at the show?
3: I believe it did, but unfortunately I was not involved with those conversations. I was stuck at the booth, stuck being a, a not so great word. I was at the booth and I got to interact with a lot of customers and that's where I spent most of my time.
0: All right. I, at,
2: I went through the whole, I went through the whole conference and you know, the, um, EMC code was there, had a big price, had a, their own booth for EMC code. So it was their open nice. source work and it was, A lot of discussions around what they were doing you had a fair amount of open source work in general just because of the community being docker being docker community being what it is so that actually went out very that went over very well most of the booths were very very busy not just vmwares but almost all of them even the small little booths that they have like there was like a a, a single Four by four foot by three foot area around their booth. Those guys were packed as well. It was some yeah, very interesting new stuff going on. Very new stuff.
0: I wonder if this actually is also just an indication that you know Microsoft is losing its grip on the app building space, and that people, as they continue to move towards Linux and build, uh, that wasn't CNA the messaging at apps. Docker.
2: That that just was not the messaging at DockerCon this year. The messaging for most everything at DockerCon is that we are moving containers into into Azure and in Microsoft Windows. Believe me, Microsoft has a firm grip on what they're doing.
3: Right. They, pushing, um, the pushing.
2: other big yeah. thing was um, their Docker Hub is now has Docker verified or Docker credentialed containers that include almost all the Microsoft apps, a lot of the Oracle apps, so they, you can now go to Docker Hub and say, I want Microsoft SQL. Boom, I now have a container that contains it. And I can run that on any version of Windows. So that was a big deal. Same thing with Oracle. I can go to or- the Docker Hub and get Oracle. You still have to load data into it. You still have to manage all that data. That is the magic that no one's really covering, but there were a couple of companies at the show that were doing volume management for Docker containers but there's a much bigger problem with still storage management. I mean, a lot of the big storage vendors were there
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: because it's, that's a necessary component of Docker right now is getting persistent data. So yeah, no, I wouldn't say Microsoft is losing its grip. I wouldn't say Oracle is losing its grip. I think they're, they're going to containers just like everybody else is and say, we can run them there.
0: Yeah. So every, all the big boys have jumped in now and it's, 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 more more traditional IT you know ecosystem that everybody's playing in the new the new space, including us right so that makes sense yeah well interesting.
2: It's, it's it's interesting is that a lot of the same issues that we hit with virtual machines inside of for windows and so forth, a lot of the vendors there don't know about or very few of them know about because they've been in the Linux world for so long. So once their tools start building and moving towards the Windows side, they're going to hit the same problems we've always had with, you know, just for operational information. That why Absolutely. we go to, why we go to the hypervisor instead of going to the VM to get performance data. That's still going to be a problem for a lot of companies because they've been in the Linux world where that's not as big an issue. Going into the Microsoft world where it is a really big issue.
0: No, I heard somebody actually, else chime in. Yeah, okay. And I mean,
3: I, I was going to agree. It is, you know, Docker is, is still growing, is still thriving. Uh, and if, if you split the use cases uh, right in the middle, there is one camp that believes that, you know, going uh, and creating 12-factor applications, going and creating um, the, the third 10 of ap- applications, microservices and DevOps and so on and so forth, that's the way forward. And we definitely see that. We definitely see that with specific customers, maybe even teams inside some of the bigger companies. But the other camp is how do you take existing applications? How do you take these uh, you know, applications that were built quite some time ago and get some sort of benefit from these? And you can containerize those applications very quickly, very easily. And there are certain benefits you can run. You know, you can run the CI, pipeline. You know, you can move your application from one machine to another, not just inside your private cloud, but from your private cloud to your public cloud and so on and so forth. But, see, so I
2: don't, second, I'm going to say, that I don't actually think that's a, a good thing. I mean, if you have an existing application running and working, just lifting and shifting it into a container is, to be honest, not enough. What I need is I want to know what parts of that application that run inside these 17 or 20 or 30 things, 20, 30 containers or virtual machines or thousands of virtual machines, Mm -hmm. what part of that would be the easiest for me to migrate to a container? So, for example, one of the things that may be is like, oh, I have MongoDB in use. Instead of doing MongoDB as, a big set of VMs, I can do MongoDB as containers because it's already been containerized. I can just throw up a 1,000 of those, and now I have an older part of my application that's fairly new that now is using the new container technology. I'd rather see that and then slowly shift more and more and more of my app to the newer way than just lifting and shifting the whole thing. It just doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, if, if you go back and you, if you look at the best practices for containerizing applications to go build microservices-style applications, what you are suggesting is best practice. You know, They say, do not start a brand-new application uh, by you know, building microservices. Take an existing application, run it, understand what the different components are, understand which portions of it you can carve away, and go create a microservice off of it. Um, and that's that's best practice. I completely agree with you. That said, there are customers who are looking at and who've actually taken some of these applications and they've containerized it because there is some benefit they can get out of it today. Right. The ICD tooling being being one of those one of those things. Uh they can do automation. There's just things that you can get today by containerizing your existing applications, and we see customers. Too.
2: Oh, I, I can understand why you would want the CI CD tooling that Docker provides, but to be honest, that CI CD tooling is not actually provided by Docker. It's provided by other tools like Ansible and Salt and Jenkins, and they all have plugins to almost every hypervisor out there. And I can do the exact same thing in that framework that I can do inside a container. So the question is why lift and shift everything when I'm already doing it? Because most people that I'm talking, I talk to are already automating the deployment of a bunch of stuff. They may not be using VRA or VRO, but they're using a whole bunch of things. I mean, you can do it today with Terraform, which is a HashiCorp company um, product.
3: Yep. You can yep. do it with a number
2: of different tools that people are already using, and they work with containers, and they work with things that aren't
3: containers. Absolutely. So, I mean, just, just this so… This is the way to go. To- Yeah, I mean, just to clarify, we're not recommending that you take every single application and you containerize it. Uh, But the point I am trying to make is that there are certain benefits you can derive from containerization, and there are certain people who definitely do it. But just for a second, going back to your previous point, even when customers go do that, you know, customers taking applications they've built in-house containerizing them is one trend. The other thing you mentioned, you know, Oracle made an announcement at DockerCon. We've seen other vendors, you know, you mentioned Microsoft and SQL Server. We've seen other vendors starting to package their application as containers so customers can go deploy it. That said, with both these things, when you go deploy, you know, your big monolithic application that you've containerized or when you go deploy Oracle as a container, somebody still has to go worry about, you know, how do you do, uh, migration? How do you do data protection? What about security? If you have compliance requirements, who's going to take care of all of that stuff? And that plays really well into the strength of these sort of containers.
2: When okay. You, yeah, and uh, it's exactly, and it does play very well because, I mean, if I am already have a bunch of ops out there, which I do, and getting into containers for some part of my app, what I really want is to know and this is where other parts of the VMware Suite and other products that were modeled as shown at DockerCon. As a matter of fact, there was a, a number of very nice tools that would pick up about 80 to 90% of my existing arch, um, environment and then tell me, you know, this is the protocols in use, this is the APIs in use, these are the services and servers already in use. See, to me, Oracle, SQL, that's not my application. My application is about 10,000 VMs or 10,000 containers. That—that's only a small part of it. So knowing how to map that, and then knowing which service I want to go to for containers, that's actually a clear direction that I can actually then architect for, and design for, and get that cultural shift needed to go for if DevOps, the DevOps technologies, and and, and methodologies aren't in use, you can actually say, let's do this for that. And that would be a nice way to shift the organization to newer while using newer technologies and methodologies.
3: That's like that I mean, approach. Yeah, I mean, that gets more into application architecture and how we can enable developers and application architects to reimagine their existing applications. That's a space that we haven't tackled yet, but I'm pretty sure as our portfolio starts to grow, that's something we might look at.
0: All right, I'm going to cut you off there. Uh, we need to. I want to. I want to move on to the next thing. DockerCon kind of was good. Good conversations. Let's go because I want to get to Vic 1.1. Um, so great. Glad glad we were there. Sounds like there was great dialogue. Sounds like we had good good demos. We'll we'll get out the uh, link to that if they publish publish that demo. Moving on, Vic 1.1. I want to spend some time. We have still 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes left of the podcast. A little bit of time on Vic 1.1 so we can drill into some of the features, talk about those, and and then we can continue on that conversation if we have time. So, Karthik, Vic 1.1 release. Why don't you give us a little bit of just a one-minute, how's Vic doing, 1.0 versus 1.1? 1.0 has been out for how long, and now we're at 1.1 always comfortable to see us not on a 1.0 release anymore. Uh, give us a little bit of uh, we'll, the history of Vic in the sense of we've gone from 1.0 to 1.0 one. How's it going? Sure. Um,
3: Vic, as, as a lot of you might know, was Project Bonneville uh, imagined in the office of the CTO. We productized it last year. We GA'd the product on the 8th of December. And I remember because I was in India on a vacation, but we were GA'ing the product. So I was on the phone quite a bit and putting up blog posts and what have you. Um, The 1.1 release came out last week at DockerCon, and so far it has been great. Uh, We've learned a number of things since the 1.0 release, and we've made adjustments, and a lot more is coming for the 1.2 release. Uh, But just to give you a a very quick overview, vSphere integrated containers has three components. The core of vSphere integrated containers being the engine itself, the piece that spins up container VMs, the second portion is a registry, which is derived from the open source hardware project, and that ships alongside with the engine. The third component is a UI that ties all these things together, and the UI is derived from the Admiral project, which is also open source.
0: Okay, great. So 1.0's been out. Have you got any traction? Do we have any enterprise customers that are starting to look at this from a realistic standpoint of putting some stuff in production? Are we still in the 1.0 land where people are just learning about it and engaging and doing some kind of prototype world? Where are we with regards to that? And then with 1.1, what are the major features we want to start looking at? Sure. Um,
3: We have a number of customers who uh, who kicked the tires before the 1.0 release. They were waiting for us to GA the product. Um, And we have a number of them who are in the process of putting this in production. Um, In fact, our technical marketing engineers have been busy doing POCs. No names that I can share publicly just yet, but we should be able to share something by VMworld. Uh, The traction's been great. We've been seeing a number of customers use this, and we're also seeing bugs, which actually means customers are using it. So it's a good thing.
0: Right. Good, good. So VMworld, we might actually... Hear some and see some reference implementations that have gone out with this. I mean, granted, it's 1.0. So 1.1, what are the, some of the major things that we've delivered in 1.1? Absolutely. So uh,
3: with with the 1.0, we learned a few things, and the first one was that you know there is a marked difference between, uh, VSphere admins and the people who want to consume these constructs inside VSphere integrated containers, and that meant that we had to go strengthen the UI that we had that the developers and DevOps people were using. Uh, the UI, like I mentioned, comes from this piece called Admiral, which is open source. Um, so we took that and we used Project Clarity, which is one of our open source design systems, and we, re- we started redoing the UI on Project Clarity. Uh, and we also tied the, the registry portion and the UI portion very, very closely. The registry gives us things like role-based access control, image replication, integration with LDAP, auditing features, and so on. And we wanted to type both these things together because it made perfect sense for the developers to be able to come, access, and use some of these features. At the same time, a DevOps admin to be able to come in and to configure the system for the developers to use. And this is independent of what happens in vSphere.
0: Nice, nice. Project Clarity GUI. I, I think I was at the blog. I think you had some screenshots. Uh, Blogs.vm.com slash cloud native slash vSphere integrated containers one on one delivery. Just Google it. Uh, it's out there. Some nice screenshots there. It's looking pretty clear, clear clean. It's all HTML5 based, so I, su- I suspect that's going to be well received. What else do you I- have coming down the pipe? Absolutely.
3: Um, we have a couple of other things that, that we did. Um, the second and you know, very important thing that we did was with the 1.0 release, as you would expect, uh, we had to download individual components and get them installed. And it made sense for us to start tying all this together. So with the 1.1 release, we have a new installer. It ships as an OVA. And the OVA contains all three components that you need. It contains the registry. It contains the the UI, uh, which is a management portal. And it also contains the engine. So people who've been deploying OVAs, you guys know how to do this. In about 10 minutes, you can get set up with the OVA. And that gives you all three components. That's the the second important feature that we have with the 1.1 release. The third thing we did was also build out our HTML5 presence. When vSphere integrated containers shipped late last year, we did not have a full-fledged HTML5 UI present in vSphere. We GA that somewhere around the November timeframe. So this time around, we wanted to go build out our presence in the HTML5 client. So today, if you have HTML5 client, vSphere integrated containers ships with a UI plugin. Once you have that plugin enabled, there's a separate section for vSphere integrated containers clicking on a virtual container host or a container vm in the h5 client you get additional information about those particular machines and what they're doing
0: nice what version of vSphere is that that supports that plugin i just missed that while you were talking
3: it's it's supported in vSphere 6.5 vSphere 6.5 is oh, the 6.5. first
0: okay. yeah
3: i believe it's the first version of vSphere that supports hcm5 uh, and do, do you need to be
0: running vic 1.1 release to be able to 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 use that that plugin Yes, you need to. Okay, right. So we got six point five has a plugin. Vic one point one has us now in vSphere. I can drill down, see my my containers, and get more information about the containers, right? So an integration there. Uh, talk a little bit about the the GUI for Vic. Is the GUI for Vic a separate? you know, uh, HTML5 GUI environment. It looked like it from the, from the blog that y- you do have these visible, visible containers with application. You have lifecycle management. Uh, is that, that a separate GUI, but then I have this plugin that plugs into Six Five, right? Yeah.
3: I mean, if, if, uh, as a product manager, you know, I like to think about personas that use the system. There are two sets of personas in VHR integrated containers. The, the installers, the admins, and two is the consumers. With vSuite integrated containers, we start with a VI admin who downloads the OVA that I was talking about, deploys the various components, and hands this over to the DevOps slash developer personas in the company. When they do the handoff, what has been created in the system is an OVA that contains Harbor and Admiral, There's also a virtual container host. Uh, In vSphere terms, it's a resource pool with an endpoint attached to it. That's what your developers will connect to. So this is what the VI admin creates, and he hands all of this over to the DevOps slash developer representative in the company. Those guys use the admiral UI. To come do whatever it is that they have to do. They can also use the Docker CLI to connect to it. So you are right. There are two UIs. One focused for the BI admin. The other one focused for the consumers of these federated containers.
0: That makes sense. Now I get I get that. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, other things that you you have coming out. I have a list of the things that are in that blog article that are good. Um, You have templates. I guess container template management has gotten better in the one-on-one release. Um, Obviously, we talked about the live updates, uh, or maybe we didn't talk about live updates. We talked about the installer. Uh, Application container lifecycle management uh, is a little bit better. Other things, or do you want to drill into any of these that are out there? Um, I know that you also have vRealize management portal integration, right? That's part of of that. Um, Where do we want to drill down into next?
3: Absolutely. I mean, I I can touch upon these things very quickly. Um, Traditionally, what developers have been doing is using the Docker CLI to go provision containers and to use containers and to manage them. With v integrated containers, uh, any container that your developer spins up manifests itself as a virtual machine, which makes managing it from the VI admin's perspective very, very easy. But just going back to what developers do and how they want to go about managing these applications, with the Admiral integration, and Admiral is also a plugin into VRA. So once you have VRA installed and Admiral installed, it gives you additional capabilities. But when you have Admiral installed, there are multiple things that you can do. You can look at, you can look at, not only can you, but you can monitor them, you, and, You can delete them from there. You know, the entire lifecycle process of the application, containers can be managed for that. You can also do infrastructure management in that the virtual container hosts that vSphere creates, those can be added into Admiral. You can have multiples of these. You can manage the network, the volumes, and so on and so forth that tie these virtual container hosts together. Um, if you have container applications that have multiple containers in them, you can go create templates inside Admiral. You can manage those templates in there. And, of course, any container that's running in our system, you can get all the information, you know, the performance, the metrics, all those things in Admiral. Um, and all this is through the UI There are equal Docker commands, uh, and you can go use the CLI to do that as well. Right. So when I look at all this, so, I mean, this all sounds great,
2: but I also know that in the container world, a lot of the security constructs that are being created are actually other containers on the container host. Or they install inside of a given container, but they still are. And a lot of storage is the same way. So it's security and storage. So in the container world, there's never a one-to-one mapping between container host and container. There's always a many-to-one. I've seen at least 10 or so necessary tools to run an environment securely and so forth in production, necessary as well as the container for the app or containers for the app. How do you manage that? Because, I mean, VMware's thing has always been one container, one VM, but if I have more than one necessary container inside a container host, how does this map out?
3: Sure. The the way we set integrated containers works, and you're right, you know, we take a container image, and we run that as a virtual machine, not in a virtual machine. And what that allows us to do is to leverage existing tools that you have to manage these new workloads alongside you know, all your existing applications, your existing VMs, and so on and so forth. Um, some of the new things that you are talking about, you know, uh, other containers running alongside in privileged mode, um, you know, monitoring things in the kernel, those are things that are not necessary in the b world because, again, we're able to run these containers as VMs and you're able to leverage your existing tool set, um, existing runbooks to go manage and monitor these applications. I, I, no. Um,
2: first, of all, I, 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 a couple of things. You're running containers instead of photons. Photon's the VM. It just has to be a minimalized VM. Second, if you're going to a containerized world, people are going to start using containerized tools specifically for storage. Presenting and managing that storage as a container is what the app developer wants to do. The more I want the developer to do, the more they're going to do in containers, which means that the underlying infrastructure, whether it's vSphere or some cloud environment, gets pushed down further, and most people are not going to pay attention to it. So while, yes, in this intermediary world, I agree with you, you're going to be using both. But as I move more and more and more towards Kubernetes and mesos, I'm going to do everything in a containerized world and not worry about the rest. How does VMware, which I'm going to run multiple containers, it's going to happen. Regardless of what your wishes are or my wishes are, it's just going to happen. How do we worry? How does that show up? And how does VMware pull themselves from, hey, this one-to-one mapping to, hey, I got a one-to-many and that's fine because that's the way you want to run, we have no problem with that.
3: Sure. So a uh, couple of things. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, uh, the way we think about all of this is, um, you know, there are use cases. There are going to be customers who want to run multiple containers inside of yet. They should be able to do that. But there are specific situations, specific applications uh, that require isolation, that require, you know, them to be run as, as VMs, and we should be able to do that as well. But to go back to your question, how do we support these additional tools that come up? Today, we support the Docker API set. Um, You know, we are looking at additional orchestrators that support on top, or what have you. Uh, But once we have that support, a lot of those tools that leverage those APIs should be able to work. Again, that is a genetic statement we have to go and make sure, you know, that that everything works. But that's kind of how we will go about support. That said, some of these tools do not have a place in the vSphere model. You know, for example, when you go run containers in the vSphere model, every container is running as quote-unquote privileged container because it's running on its own kernel. So there is no notion of, you know, privileged container on on vSphere. Similarly, when people have to go modify the kernel, to run whatever monitoring tool they run, and there are plenty of them that do that, it won't really work in the vSphere world because you know, we use the, the Photon OS kernel, like you mentioned, the minimal instance of the Photon OS kernel, um, and that does not really allow you to go customize the kernel and do those things because there are other ways to go access all of this. Uh, so some of it is architecture, some of it is just you know, us making available Kubernetes APIs, Mesosphere APIs, and so on and so forth as we mature. Um, and that, I believe, will take care of, of most of these concerns.
0: Okay. Good. Good thoughts. Good questions. I have a couple more as we near the top of the hour. Uh, maybe just briefly touch a little bit about uh, NSX and container networking uh, and vSAN container storage capabilities. I know we have you know solutions in both of these. How do we see this maturing? Does 1.1 start to you know embed? those solutions closer into the overall solution and you've touched a little bit about this already with Edward Um, what else do we want to talk about there with regard to NSX container networking and vSAN container storage capabilities Uh,
3: the vSAN uh, container storage capabilities have been uh, available as open source for uh, for a few months now Um, the team is looking at what the next steps are what can be done and I believe the plugins are now available from the Docker store Um, we're you know, customers can download it and customers can use this. Um, storage plugin in particular is very interesting to customers who want to leverage, you know, storage-based policy management capabilities of VSAN and, and so on and so forth. Um, the NSX plugin is something that we demoed as a part of our Docker data center uh, demo at DockerCon. Um, this is still being developed. It's not done. Uh, but we expect to make this available uh, pretty soon as well. Um, I believe the project might be in open source. I'm not sure yet. Yet, uh, but just to, to clarify, the vSphere integrated containers model does not accept plugins today. These two plugins are more for customers who want to run, you know, plain vanilla containers on top of ESX and vCenter Server, and that's where uh, these plugins I, come
0: in handy. Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good. Yeah plugging in NSX in that in just a generic container environment running. Okay, cool. Um, We're near the top of the hour. Edward, anything else you want to throw in uh, before we just do the traditional uh, how do we get more information stuff? No, I think,
2: I mean, when you look at it, VIC Vic is a great transitional tool. I think that for VIC to continue going growing with the ecosystem, to allow people to manage things the way they have been, it needs to also consider these changes for the future. Now, it's not necessarily today, but it will be in the, in the very, very near future. Security tools are becoming very, very interesting in the container space. But what I would love to see is a combination of VR and I, then and VIC. Here's my traditional app. Here's what you already have. you got get that from VRNI. You get that from Ven, You get that from a number of different other locations. Here is what we recommend you do to get to using Vic to improve that app. That whole, let me get you started. Let me show you what you can change. Here's the tool to do that change. That'll get a lot more people on the bandwagon. All right. that. Type of path that would be very nice.
3: Yeah, I mean, just speaking about security, one of the other things that we are actively looking at is um, you know, people who want to run containerized applications are interested in things like uh, vulnerability scanning, are interested in image signing. Uh, These are all things that we're actively looking at as a product to go solve. Nothing to share just yet, but we might have some.
0: All right. Well, we're nearly top of the hour. Last moment or two, where do we get more information? Where do we follow? I know we have the blog. We talked about the blog. Uh, do you have a Twitter handle, Karthik, that uh, people can follow along on? And what is the Twitter handle for CNA in general?
3: The Twitter handle for CNA is cloud-native applications. Um, you can go find that. Uh, we blog. You, you gave out the, the blog address. Um, and we have our, our open source communities. You know, go to, uh, go to GitHub. You will find vSphere integrated containers. We're pretty active on there. Our engineers are constantly monitoring it. I'm monitoring it. We have a number of people who are looking at our GitHub communities uh, on a regular basis.
0: Well, great, great, great. All right, so I'll just – Clarify is cloud-native apps. I just looked it up, at cloud-native apps. It's got a lot of followers, so you can go join the conversation at Twitter. And the blog is blogs.vmware.com slash cloud-native. Uh, if you go to blogs.vmware.com slash cloud-native, uh, that's the blog we got. we got the following on Twitter. Uh, Karthik, uh, Senior Product Manager, I guess is what we should call you. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show Give Karthik a follow, Karthik Narayan, and uh, I appreciate being on the show. Thanks for being on the show. Um, we'll see you again next week. Tommy Barry, you're on the call still. Who do we got next week on the, on, on the podcast? Still working out the kinks. We don't have someone penciled in just yet. We're trying to figure out dates, so stay tuned. Um, we're, we're filling out the, the May calendar right now, so stay tuned. Well, Karthik, I know also, thank you very much. I know that uh, we had uh, another guest, uh, I forget his name, penciled in, and at the last minute he had to cancel and we got Karthik on the show. You did mm-hmm. a really good job. Thanks again, Karthik. Yeah, thanks, Karthik. Thanks, guys. This was awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, as, as usual, we're always looking for community members to join and be part of the conversation. Uh, as, as always, uh, we appreciate all everybody that came on live and engaged in the chat. We'll be here again next week. So until then, uh, have a great week.